It's five o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome in to the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Barm filling in for the P-Man who is under the weather. He hope it gets better. I'm joined right across. Damn, hey, bam. And you faded that out quick. I was vibing there for a bit. Man, we've heard that song a hundred times. That's You're true. not vibing to that's that. That's true. That's true. I'm right across from me, part tight end, part legend, Joe Sampson. How you doing, Woo! my friend? Woo! I'm feeling great, boys. Sounds like back. plenty to talk about today. Chris we, Cook on the ones and twos. We got a show. Wait, give me another woo. Hold on. Oh, you want woo? Woo! There we go. Yeah. Gotta I think, I think Joe's got a little bit more energy than Ric Flair there. Uh, I don't know. That's some hard energy to beat. I don't know. That is some tough energy to beat. That's I don't true. know. They do call me the nature boy. And Dom Kosolke providing production assistance. Hey, well, you know what? We'll give him a woo, too. Woo! There we go. There yeah. we go. He deserves one. Underrated player. Um. Yeah, plenty <laughs> to talk about today. I mean, there's even a little bit of ECU news to speak of. Obviously, ECU wins basketball playing last night. We brought you coverage, play-by-play coverage of that with Scott Rogers and Rob Maloney, who both did a, a fantastic job on that. Hey, and that guy that did the scoreboards, uh, that dude killed it. Uh, he's pretty mid, but, you know, um, <laughs> it's it's all good. It's all good, whatever. Um, but, yeah, they beat Temple at home in Midgey's Coliseum. They're now 10-3 and at home so far this year. And with that win over Temple, they won 67-52. to They are now third in the conference standings. Love to see it. Which you don't normally wow. see that for women's or men's basketball at ECU. So, Kim McNeil really building something there, and it's good to see. I like Kim McNeil. Um, you know, she's really been trying to build something. She seems like a coach you would want to play for. She's getting big-time recruits, especially next year. She's really building something. The turnout seems to be getting better. So, that's good to see. Another program, uh, much like football was, was a couple years ago, that didn't really have much going for it. And now in the new era of these coaches is really turning around and trending in the right direction. So that's good to see. A quick a little stat here or a quick little note about that game last night. Um, it was very, very interesting to see this. And I lost it. Nonetheless, still <laughs> still great to see. Uh, Maya Joyner played lights out last night. Uh, just simply dominant. She led the way for the parts with 23 points. She's been incredible wow. the last like three games. 14 rebounds. Hopefully, we'll see another freshman of the week AAC honor coming She's her dominant. way. She's got five so far. If she gets another one, obviously that'll be six. That's is that a record right or something? There. It's not. So the record is eight. Former, I think she might be able to hit eight. A former Tulsa player has a record of eight. She could break it. She's tied for second. Okay. If she gets six, she wouldn't be the lone placeholder in second for the record. So. I, I can totally see that happening. I apologize for my my throat and my voice. I've been able to hold up yesterday, but right before the show, all of a sudden, it's falling apart. So I yeah, apologize. I can tell. We yeah. got you. We'll carry. You sound like yeah. crap. We I got plenty tell. of the, Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's that mid-scoreboard update guy I was telling you all about. <laughs> He's such a nice guy. Um. Also in ECU uh, sports news, softball is starting today. Uh, they're playing in a neutral site tournament down in, well, not really neutral site, but they're playing down in UNCW. 
um, in a tournament that involves UNC Dub, Virginia Tech, who's the 11th ranked team in the country in softball, and Purdue Fort Wayne, and they start the season on a great note. At ECU softball is they shut out Purdue Fort Wayne six to nothing, and they play. Uh, actually, they're just starting right now. First pitch just happened against Virginia Tech, the 11th ranked team in the country, down in Wilmington. We wish them well. That'll be a big win for them. Softball, uh, another school, or not another school, but another team in the athletic department that made some changes, has a new head coach, and seems to be trending in the right direction. So that's definitely good to see. We, uh, we're we starting to see those spring sports start to ramp up and come around. It's getting about that time of year. It's only one more week, about one more week till baseball. I so. mentioned. And, hey, the weather feel, felt uh, way better today. It just – that time of year is coming right around. You can tell I'm still trying to recover here because I did not go outside much today. And I went and you outside. showed up in a beanie. Yeah, it's like 72 I went outside expect, dude, can you stop, like, crapping on me right now? <laughs> Jeez, like, he's, like, being, a, like, ruthless. <sighs> but I showed up thinking it was going to be cold, and then, like, now I'm just, like, over here dying. Sweating but. and. I'm not sweating. I'm not you with your over oversized shirt you're wearing today. By the what, way, wait, uh, yeah. What 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 are the votes on that? Uh, <laughs> well, explain what's going on. So on our Instagram page, in our stories, <laughs> oh, I took boy. a picture of Chris and I asked, "Is his shirt too big for him?" Which it is, by the way. Yeah, because you started clowning me like literally right as I walk in the door. That's why I'm clowning you right now. So Dude's we like, asked, "Why is your shirt so big?" <laughs> we asked, "Is Cookie's shirt too big?" What's the? I, I want to hear the answer. Yes this or time. no? Hundred percent yes. I'm not kidding. You're joking. I'll show you right now. Yeah, let's verify it. I'll show you right now. All right, Joe, you see this. That's 100% cookie. 100% yes. That's. Ah, man. The numbers never lie. If you're listening and you voted on that, ah, shame on you, man. Not to create drama here, but a person that voted yes on it is sitting in the room with you right now. (gasps) Dom Kasalki? Dom voted yes. I can see who voted. Dom voted yes. I thought it was anonymous. See, Dom didn't mention the shirt all day. Did not mention the shirt all day. But he had to throw the he shade on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> he was sneak I, I see how it yeah. is. I see how it is. Sneak this into you over there. Well, getting into sports. It's yeah, let's a, get into sports. Let's, let's roll. Get into sports. Let's, yeah, since you had to take shots, you, can't you had to get some receipts in. Yeah. But uh, it's been a wild, wild day for sports. Good Lord. We're going to save a lot of this for news of the day. But obviously the big one that I want to go ahead and get out of the way, because it would dominate news of the day, is the NBA trade deadline. And I know that's not... A lot of our listeners are a lot of dem- of our demographic they don't follow the NBA, but it's another one. Of it's those, worth mentioning. It's, it's another one of those things. If you don't talk about it, you're not a sports show. I'm with yeah. you. You're doing I'm a huge you. disservice, especially with the mega trades we get. Last few years, I think the trade deadline has been a little disappointing. A lot of role players, and just my personal opinion. That's fair, but not this year. Not this year. I'm saying the last couple of years. No, no. Um, it's been disappointing. We see kind of like glorified role players or borderline all stars maybe get dealt. Not the case this year. Um, Kevin Durant, late last night, traded to the Suns. I thought that was wild. Insane. That's uh, they got to be the front one. Uh, just looking at the betting odds, I can imagine they're probably the front runner for the NBA title I right now. I want to say they're either second or third based on betting odds from Caesar Sportbook. Who would be first, the Warriors think, or the Celtics? The I think the Bucks. Are the still Bucks. First. Oh, that's an odd pick. They're still not believing, a terrible they're pick. Still believe in Giannis. Not a terrible pick. Well, but the Celtics an odd dropped pick. with Jalen Brown out now. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's fair. I'm sorry, Dom. I know you're a big Celtics guy. <laughs> uh, obviously, Kyrie to the Mavs. We already knew about that. Yeah. Lakers making some moves. They dealt Russell Westbrook finally to the Jazz. Well, we just got breaking news from that, that they're buying out Russell Westbrook's contract. He's now going to be 
um, a free agent, and the Clippers are interested in him. Okay. Follow me here. The Clippers got rid of their point guard and John Wall. This is true. Sent him back to the Rockets. Damn. And in that trade for Russell Westbrook, the Lakers got D'Angelo Russell. And promptly in that three-way trade, Mike Conley went somewhere. I have no idea where Mike Minnesota. Conley went, but Mike Conley's not really that guy anymore. Mike Conley went to Minnesota. Minnesota, which is kind of a nothing deal right there. Him and Cat, man. And what Anthony an, Edwards. What an eventful last few hours. Now right? I know everybody right now, because I know my listeners, uh-huh. they're infatuated by this news right now. <laughs> <laughs> They want to know what the Charlotte Hornets did. Of course. Of course they want to oh, know. Oh, they had to. Because the Charlotte Hornets are always making moves, They're right? making deals, okay. baby. Well, the first thing they did was they traded Jalen McDaniels for a guy who averages a point yep. in two second rounders. They did do well, that. you're a fan of them, right? I am a fan. Well, yeah. how, do, how do you feel about that? That was a terrible trade. Okay. Um, I always then, like to hear the fan perspective. Oh, it's bad. Then they traded um, their best big, who I don't like, but he's their best big. And uh, what is what is that goofy little dude? Are you referring to Plumley? Plumley, there we go. There's three of them. There's three of them. So there's no telling which one this is. It's either Mason, no, it's Mason, not Miles. Mason. Actually, was having a solid year this year from what I've uh, what I've seen. Yeah, He's de- averaging double digits. Um, developed a jump shot. So yeah. To shoot 18 foot shot now, right and before the inside of the perimeter. Who do they trade him for? Reggie Jackson, another guard, because that's just what they need. They mm-hmm. need Hornets need guards, yeah. right? And then Ben, what they do with Reggie Jackson? Well, they're buying out his contract, and he's going to be a free agent. Well, that was short-lived. Yeah, and I don't, I'm not even – I think we got like two seconds out of that or like a one second out of that trade, so Second I don't get round the picks are currency at this point. I, Some turmoil going on. I think that's a deal where they're like, we don't want to play for Charlotte. I'm getting <laughs> out of here. I'm Reg, I like, even Reggie Jackson's playing politics, like I'm getting the hell out of here. But that's going to do it for the NBA talk. Move promptly away from that. I know people are pissed about that. Moving on. Big news from the Panthers. This just kind of breaking as well. See, now this our listeners can get more down with. I Absolutely. Think. Bring them back yeah. in. Bring you know I can in. get, yeah, we got to reel them back in. This is the art of radio. Right? Do a little yeah. wraparound. Y'all remember yeah. that commercial? You almost had it. <laughs> you got to be, be quicker, quicker than, than that. that. You strike me as a guy that laughs at commercials. I do, very much so. <laughs> you yeah. watch the Super Bowl for commercials, don't you, Cookie? And if you're one of those people, listen, I dare you to call in and explain your logic. One of those, I, those people are so annoying. They're the people that watch the commercials. You're trying, they, all right, so they be quiet for the commercials and talk during the game. Get the notebook the out, they're starting to rate it. That's so annoying. As soon as the game's back. I enjoy it all, man. That's why I can't that's do fair. Super Bowl parties, man. That's fair. That's why I can't do Super Bowl. I actually want to see the game. 100%. I actually want to watch it. There's all these other dates where you can have parties. Like See, New you, got Year's. Me, you got me thinking about that commercial uh, of the the Green Hornet or whatever, the Geico, where he's oh, like, oh, uh, one, sorry, yeah. this is my workout stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you are definitely one of those guys. But going back to the Panther slate here, um, encouraging news. Okay. Personally, I think it's encouraging okay. news. They will not bring back their offensive coordinator, Ben McAdoo, for 2023. Whoa. The big question was why was this guy given an opportunity in the first place? This is huge news. You know, this is a huge step for Frank Reich to set the tone early that this is his team. This is not the shambles of the Matt Rule team. This yeah. is him setting the record straight, hired his DC, going to go get his OC. But, I mean, we have to look at it. Clearly they just wanted to find all options before they got rid of McAdoo. They want to have yeah. somebody to fill the seat. Um, there's been some interesting rumors around the Panthers. These are simply rumors some of these are based on a little fact, um, but I don't know if y'all are familiar with this name. This is a huge throwback for the Panthers. Lay it on me. One of the current ideas that is being thrown around is the potential that they bring back Dom Capers 
Their very oh, first God. head coach <laughs> in franchise I, history. He, I, if I'm not mistaken, he was a defensive coordinator for Green Bay. He for was, a bit. yes. And he those was. were some hard years. To, <laughs> to offense was freaking awesome. Defense every year, like oh my God. Yes. He was a solid coach. For have fun Bengals. with that guy. Yeah, he was a solid coach for us. Yeah, he won us playoff. Have fun games. with There's that guy. There's a difference between head coaching and coordinating. Yeah, as we've seen. Yeah, have, I'll, have fun with that guy. That's I have nothing wrong with Dom. Cap- <laughs> I have no, I have nothing against Dom Capers. But taking a look at the Panthers and the moves Frank Wright, because these are Frank Wright moves. Make no mistake about it. Yeah. But you look at the staff hires here. You nailed it. You knocked out of the park for Jero Viro. I mean, that was a guy that was a head coaching candidate. You get him. He's, I think he's one of the better DCs in the yeah. game right now. Snagged him up quick. Given what was going on with Denver and what he was dealt and the hand he was dealt, he thrived with a very difficult situation with the Broncos. Oh, yeah. If they, I believe I saw something that said if they had held uh, every or th- they held like every team under eighteen or something like yeah, that. If yeah, Russell Wilson uh-huh. would have scored nineteen points in every single game. That would have been, I think, it was ten and ten and six. That's wild. Yeah, ten it's, and six or something. Well, hey, yeah, good for the them. It's been a yeah, it's been absolutely ridiculous. Um, and then they hired this guy Pete Hansen from the Broncos to be the linebackers coach. Seems like he's really doing his homework. He's not bringing in his guys. He's bringing in the best guys for the job. I'm interested to see what he does for the OC job, considering we need a new quarterback. We have some weapons on the offense. We have a really good offensive line, I believe. Top ten worthy. Absolutely. Um, Especially on all those contracts. Absolutely, yeah. So it's a matter of uh, I'm interested to see what he does with the offensive coordinator job. Considering also, I think Frank Reich is going to handle a good portion of the offensive play calling duties. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Uh, is that that common anymore in the NFL, though? Absolutely. You don't think Andy Reid is not calling the plays with that, the Chiefs uh, right now? Th- no, that's a good point. But There's a reason why so, enemy is not sticking around. There's okay. a reason why he hasn't gotten a head coaching gig. That's that's tough to say because he's had, he's had stories where he interviews poorly. He doesn't seem to have a, a sense of where an NFL franchise can go. He's not necessarily like... A leader. Like yeah. Andy Reid commands the room when he walks in. You've heard now both Kelsey brothers who've played for him in two different organizations talk about how he commands the attention of everybody in the room. He handles the coaches. He handles the media. I don't think Biennemi has that kind of that draw. Yeah. But I wouldn't – I mean, I'm, they all call it collaboratively. That's what they've always said. And then for – Reid's always like, okay, I like this look against this defense. Like it's quarters. Like let's go with streaks here to get something in between the middle of the field. And then Biennemi will call something off the sheet because they both kind of do it collaboratively. But I have – I have heard what you're saying as far as like if he's not calling the game, you can't necessarily ask him to continue to. But Reich is one of those who calls everything. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, with the Colts and the Colts weren't bad under Reich. It was just no. a matter he fumbled the quarter. Like the most important <laughs> thing was finding your quarterback, and he continued to fumble that. And that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, they, they call it a fireable offense. And that's that's what happens. The front runner so far for offensive coordinator seems to be Jim Bob Cooter from the uh, Jaguars. Great name. Yeah, I love the name. Great That would be fun. Fun guy to have. I Jim wanna... Bob sounds like a coach for the Panthers. Absolutely. I would, That's Jim Bob over there. I would play for Jim Bob. But, um, yeah, he was the passing game coordinator for the Jags. We saw how the Jags were in the past game Huge this past year. Huge yeah. all the players. Absolutely. So it's been very encouraging. We'll continue news of the day in our following segment. Ben Barm filling in for the P-Man. Chris Cook on the ones and twos. Part tight end legend. Woo! In our eyes. Joe Sampson right across from me. And Dominic Kitsulki providing production assistance. More on the other side right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. What? 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 A margarita? What? A shot of whiskey? What? And more beer? What? 
More Patrick Johnson Show. Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Barm filling in for the P-Man. Joe Sampson, former Pirates tight end across from me. What? Chris Cook on the ones and twos. <laughs> what? Yeah, I had to what? make some kind of funny noise. Former pro wrestler, <laughs> by the way. He is. Just recently retired, yeah. Recently retired Lucha. I saw his yep. second to last match. That was a big You had a great time, moment. didn't yeah. you? Just a whole it bunch was of history. Fun. I was heckling him the whole time. I brought a sign and he destroyed <laughs> it in front of me. But see, I, the, I wanted you to do that though. Like, I don't, that's not an insult. Hey, he gave you a memory. Okay, you're he breaking. He gave you a memory. I didn't know we were breaking kayfabe here. <laughs> hey, was, I'm out the business now. I don't care. Oh, no, man. I'm playing. You're, I'm doing, playing. you're <laughs> doing your whole business a disservice. Vince right McMahon now. calls you tomorrow. You're going back. We need, see, we need you to keep wrestling. It's not worth the strain. I know two people just got <laughs> paralyzed recently. Yeah. Like, it's not worth it, man. Look, let me tell you, we need Chris to get back into wrestling. We need him to like really get into the ranks, when get back get in WWE, talk to Vince, have Vince donate to ECU, Bingo. so we can get an indoor practice facility. Now there we're talking. Absolutely, yeah. There we go. By the way, I found that Amaya Joiner stat. I can't there believe I found it. Let's go. Amaya recorded her ninth double double of the season last night, the most by any ECU freshman since at least 1976. So that is the record. Yep, when the record became available. She has been named AAC Freshman of the Week five times and is number one among the AAC in points and rebounds in conference play for freshmen. So she is pretty much the AAC Freshman of the Year. There's no doubt about it. Oh, she should be. If there's not, then I think there was a clerical error in tallying up her stats. Absolutely. So, I mean, support this ECU women's basketball team. They're making history. They look really good this year. They're third in the standings, and they have a chance to jump Houston who's got a losing record overall in the season, but they have a winning enough conference record yeah, to where they're two. somehow in second. So I mean, if you can finish two at this point, just based on how USF has been playing and, and that kind of lock they've had mm-hmm. as far as just the tournament and the ranking, that's a huge step up for your program. Hold on. I know you're from Jersey. You just say it again, tournament. This <laughs> is a tournament? No, you said tournament. I said tournament? Tournament. I love tournament. that. That's, that's such a Jersey, New York thing right there. Shout out to Long Island 516, baby. There you go. But yeah, Houston is 6-3 and three in conference. ECU 7-4, so it's one of those weird deals. But Houston is 9-13, and 13, right above ECU, mm-hmm. while ECU is 16-8 and eight overall in the year. So they can jump them. They just need a win, and they need Houston to probably lose. So uh, I could see it happen. They could potentially jump to second like it's nothing. It's got to keep it going. It'd be huge. Absolutely. Knock off USF, and we're going to the tournament, baby. The tournament. We're doing tournaments, Tournament. bro. Tournaments, Survive bro. and advance in the tournament. The tournaments. We're doing uh, news of the day. We're continuing it on. There's so much to get into today. New news. Like, yesterday, I had nothing to go off of. Like, I was really like... Oh, it was a slow day yesterday, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Today it, is yeah. the farthest thing from a slow day. Absolutely. They're giving me everything I could have ever have asked for. Um, Hall of Fame class for pro football has will be announced tonight, the finalists. Um, so far, Darrell Rivas, Joe Thomas, Devin Hester, Torrey Holt, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, Dwight Freeney, Jared Allen, Patrick Willis, DeMarcus Ware. Are we not doing what chance anymore? What? Zach Thomas. What? Darren Woodson. What? Rondé Barber. What? Albert Lewis. What? Willie Anderson. What? Well, taking a look at the list, uh, I think Darrell Rivas, in my personal opinion, should be first ballot. First ballot lock. I think Demarcus Ware should be first ballot lock too. I think Joe Thomas will get in. Joe Thomas as well. Uh, I think Patrick Willis. The argument could be made one of the most dominant middle linebackers of that era. I want to say I want Patrick Willis in because me being a Panthers fan, 
Uh, that means Luke Keekley will get in. This is okay. true. I believe that. Yeah, absolutely. I think Luke Keekley should get in. If you're the best Regardless, player yeah. at your position for any amount of time, I think you deserve. I, know, uh, I completely oh, agree. Yeah. I think Luke Keekley, in my personal opinion, is the best middle linebacker to ever play football. That's my opinion. I know that's a lot to say of Ray Lewis. I think there was a period in his career where he was the the best middle linebacker in the league, but I'm not going to say that yeah. he's the best one of all I time. I love Keekly. My argument. I love Keekly. I don't know if you can put him at, at all time. My Ray, argument. Ray Lewis was a monster. Lawrence Taylor was incredible because they listed him as a middle I think he was well-rounded, more well-rounded than those guys. He could play in pass. <laughs> and Lawrence Taylor. Absolutely. He Dude, that play, dude's the goat. He could play in pass coverage. He he was yeah. a good pass rusher. He was he was such he was a in on every tackle. Yes, Ben's yeah. trying to rile us up, man. No, no, There's no, no way you think he's better than LSU. Right. This is not a hot take. A lot of people have the same opinion. I swear to you. This is no, not like don't. this is they, not like a crazy to, take. To be fair to Ben, they took a nerd out of Boston College wearing glasses at the combine, drafted him eighth overall, and he became the best linebacker in Panthers history. Oh, his picture looks hilarious. He's at least yeah. the one you're referring to. There's oh no, no I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll say that. I give him top three for sure. He's better than Erlacher, I think. Better than Erlacher. Uh, oh, see, Erlacher was in the wrestling business, so I. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> the, you're so he automatically. So we giving, like, so giving Steve Mongo McMichael the other. Yeah, oh yeah. Does that oh, yeah. mean the Rock Mongo's the worst wrestler I've ever seen. Oh, he's bad. He's, yeah, he's, he's terrible. Real bad. He's Ric Flair's boy. What though. about the boss? The boss? The boss was in. Wasn't the boss in a couple WWE events? Maybe a couple. I think a couple. The boss was like a huge bust in the NFL. Wasn't he was. He? Bo just, Jackson like he, ruined his career. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, Chris gave uh, Bo knows. Chris gave Erlacher the bump because of the wrestling. Are we giving the boss? The Where bump? did Erlacher even wrestle? Dude, he was in uh, TNA, like Total Nonstop Action Wrestling. Okay. Uh, I I think it was AJ Styles pressed him over his head, like straight up over. Like that dude is strong. I'll give him that. Throws him over the ring into the crowd. I was like, okay, this dude gets my seal of approval. D'Angelo Williams was also in TNA Pro Wrestling. He is not bad at all. That dude should have moved on and became a wrestler. He is not bad at all. Former NFL tight end Gary Barnage as well. Former Panther, that's like kind of overlooked. Panther, yeah. yeah, you kind of forget he's a Panther. Local news. There you go. Yeah, that was the finalist for the <laughs> Pro Football Hall of Fame. I don't know how it got to that point, but yeah, it, it somehow it got to Steve Mongo McMichael, <laughs> the worst wrestler I've ever seen, and Luke Keekley's the best linebacker I've ever seen, and it just, uh, it just got crazy. That's why I love our shows. Though. Stream. What did our teacher call it? Stream of consciousness. Yeah, stream yeah, of consciousness. stream of consciousness. I, man. I like it that way. There you way. go. Getting educational now. We're going to go deeper into this tomorrow. Hey, my throat came back. I sound a little bit better now. Hey. Pause. It's in and out. Oh, oh, come on, Joe. Come on. <laughs> now, it's, now it's gone again. You ruined it. You ruined it. <laughs> but uh, this big MLB news that's kind of being overlooked and under the radar, just because there's so much going on, yeah. it's the fact that they had a meeting, and the MLB wants to expand to 32 teams, and the candidate cities have been identified. Okay. They've released a list of candidate cities they would appreciate or they would they would get consider. You got the list? I do. Ooh. Portland. <laughs> what? Which I'm against. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Nashville. What? Montreal. What? Las Vegas. What? In the grand finale. Give me a drum roll. Chris, you do pretty good with drum rolls. <laughs> Charlotte, baby. Oh, really? The Queen City, baby. Okay. I was waiting for Raleigh. I'm a homer. Portland sounds like a terrible idea. I'm just throwing that out what, there. What, right Oregon? Now. Yeah, Who's what's Portland? going on in Who's Oregon? Who's going to man? a game in Portland? I can't imagine attendance mm. would be great. Who's... No one's traveling there. I'll the tell thing you that. about that North, that Pacific Northwest area is they get a lot of immigrants from like 
Japan, like that's all those true. Asian there was countries. a market. Yeah. I just remember the Mariners had a tough time selling for a very long time. Tennis is really good now, though. Yeah, really good. All, it, even though it took like thirty years. Yeah. Julio Rodriguez almost yeah. breaking the rookie home run record was something. I like Montreal. They had a dedicated fan yeah. base. It's the kinda... Expos were always a very big pull. There's a weird deal with, and I think the NHL ran into this problem when they were considering like Quebec City or something, or like. I don't want to say considering, but they kind of like threw them a bone a little bit uh-huh. and just kind of try to work out the logistics. And it was something about the conversion of the Canadian dollar that made things uh, a little like weird. Like it yeah, made it like how they pay out. Exactly. Yeah. It made things like if they were to expand to another Canadian team, it would like it would cause so many like financial issues mm-hmm. and it would just be so many loopholes you had to jump through. And I'm interested to see if that would be the same issue with MLB in Montreal. I wonder if the MLB has it like grandfathered in though, because Montreal had a team at one point. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. so. I wonder yeah. if it's just still incorporated I'm, or something. I'm sure back then they worked it. some kind of deal out like yeah, that. They had to. Quebec have. City had one, too, but Quebec City doesn't have the arena right now. No. Nonetheless, Vegas I think is interesting. Vegas is a huge pull. I oh, mean, if it's I happening, it's happening in especially Vegas. The gambling and everything. <laughs> um, you know. They have a great minor league baseball club out there for the A's. They pull more the, fans than the actual A's. Is it still the 51s? Uh, I think. Yeah, I think the, they changed it. They're the, the fifth. No, they're the. The Aces? The no, Aces. That's, or no, is that the Aces WNBA? Is WNBA? The Voyagers, maybe, I think it is. Nonetheless, when we skipped over Nashville, I think Nashville is probably the front runner for this, to be quite honest with Nashville you. Nashville sounds, baby. Nashville, Nashville is like gr- a growing city. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Hey, growing? I would say it's already one of the biggest cities in the U.S. Yeah, but to one, Ben's point, no, like it's, no, it's that's, that's still a huge growing. exaggeration. But no, it's it's getting pretty big. We'll, we'll say Music that city, baby. It's, it's not one of the biggest in the U.S., not even close. But it's a big tourist hotspot. I'll say that much. It is. It's constantly growing like... Nashville and Charlotte used to be comparable in size. It's not comparable anymore. No, they jumped them for sure. I would think Nashville would be a lock, just in my personal opinion, just well, looking at the logistics of it. So are they putting the 32nd team on the West Coast then to try and even it you out? You would think that would make sense, right? Yeah, but it's the MLBs. They probably wouldn't. Yeah, I just there's not a, the only like viable option that makes sense for the West Coast to me would be Las Vegas. Yeah. It's well, got to be Las Vegas or bust, right? Of course. The only thing that we haven't considered is them moving Miami or Tampa Bay to Nashville and then moving the A's to Las Vegas, and then they don't even have to expand. There you go, yeah. Yeah, that makes that actually makes more sense. Yeah, that's um, the unfortunate thing right there. Um, Charlotte. My problem with Charlotte is they have that minor league ballpark right in the middle of downtown. The Knights, baby. There's no room to expand whatsoever no. in that downtown area. You would have to buy out like two blocks to build an entertainment district around it. Knock some buildings down. <laughs> Knock some buildings down. In the middle gone. of downtown Charlotte. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Tepper just bought three more buildings to take down. <laughs> I'm interested to see how that would work. Though Tepper, I could see Tepper putting some money behind it. Oh, yeah. How is that MLS team doing? Are they good in attendance? Oh, I don't know. They were, is that going to make it past two years? Uh, at one point, they broke the attendance record. Cause okay. They, started, they okay. sold the upper bowl of Bank of America, but I think now they just sell the bottom bowl. And it's between them and Atlanta, I think, as far as attendance. See, I don't know much on about... the East Coast, uh, LAFC broke a record, too, because they're owned by David Beckham. 
So he's just been pumping money. But you're that saying that they broke the straight up like yeah, attendance yeah. record over the state. Wow, that's wild. They, I would have never guessed. They sold uh, the entire stadium out in Bank of America. The MLS has a weird history though, because they've had so many expansion teams that last like a year or two, and then like and then they just fold. Yeah, and they've had like cities that have had like three or four expansion teams that have been short lived. Now, like, now there's Inter Miami. Yeah, there's weird Orlando it's, at one point. It's got a weird history. It's still not there yet. So, what do you say they broke the attendance record? I'm acknowledging I don't know much about the MLS, but I can't imagine the attendance record was this like grand feat or anything for the uh, MLS. It was like forty-eight thousand, I think. It was, it was That's big. not bad. It That's good. Big. Yeah, it's big enough that they did it for the first night to set the tone. I mean, that's about the attendance for a really good ECU game. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. I mean, that's what's the record ECU? I mean, I believe a really it's really good ECU game is comparable to a pro sport, a pro sporting event. I think that's pretty. Something to brag about. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that's definitely something to brag about. Oh, absolutely. In this uh, expansion talk as well from the MLB, I think Joe would get a kick oh, out of this. Uh, sorry, I want to correct myself. The all-time MLS attendance record is 74,479. Okay, Jesus. yeah, that's like a NFL and that is, game. And that is yeah. held by Charlotte FC. Well, good on them. Good on them. I know yeah, they were, good for them. I know there they were go. playing around with it before the MLS came. Gave they were having come neutral up. site games that would do really good in attendance, so... That's hey, that's that's neat. Um, whatever. There you go, Tepper, Uncle Dave. Something <laughs> successful for you. Good old Dave. From what I understand, Charlotte FC is not very good though. I haven't seen a single not game. Not very good so, at all. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyways, in these MLB talks, um, they had an interesting idea for a division. I don't really understand how this would work. Oh, if, I think I saw this too. If there was expansion, um, one division that was proposed in this expansion was putting the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Phillies, and the Mets, baby, and the Mets all in one division. I love it. I love the idea of it. My problem when you get into it is how do they not dominate like the TV markets and the TV time? And that's that's what really separates it because that's yeah. what keeps these smaller markets, as we've called them, like Milwaukee, yep. Baltimore, all these teams that don't have that draw of these big names, even Oakland or San Francisco a couple of years ago. San Francisco always plays the Dodgers. The A's always play the Angels. They always play the Astros, the Rangers, all these bigger markets with history. So I worry if you do that, you're going to wind up with what we've seen in the NFL now for a while with the terrible, terrible division. Yeah. Like this year, the AFC South was competitive with the Jaguars and the Titans, but prior to that, it's been... Always the worst. Who's going <laughs> to gonna lose on yeah. Thursday night and make the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, they were the king of Thursday night football. Yeah, so all yeah. of a sudden you got the Rays, the Marlins getting dominated by Atlanta. Yeah, and then you sprinkle in another team into that division, and nobody's watching. That's where my worry comes from. I too. would think you would also have interesting divisions in the Midwest. You would have the Cardinals, the Cubs, and you know the White Sox. All of them probably yeah, in the same got, division. And you got the Brewers now. The Guardians you got to throw in there. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a, not a bad the, division. The that's, Cubs. It's an uh, interesting Kansas division. City Royals. Yeah. You just, just slice in the Midwest. Make it three big divisions, Hunger Games style. Something that still needs to be worked out, you know, kind of people messing around with it. They uh, Somebody put it together and said it wouldn't be viable until like 2028. Yeah, with contracts and TV markets. Exactly. I can see that. So, yeah, it's going to be a while before we see any changes if there are changes. But something interesting, me and Philip will get a little bit more into it tomorrow. It'll be a fun little Friday thing to kind of talk about. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, I will be hosting again tomorrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there we okay. go. Yeah, breaking okay, news okay, there. Okay. Yeah. Breaking news. And then to wrap up news of the day, I thought this was very interesting, and it's one of, another one of those stories that's kind of getting overlooked and going under the radar. Um, Pac-12 looking to bring on SMU. 
and uh, San Diego State to enhance the value of its TV deal. Um, SMU in the Pac-12, I think, is kind of a weird fit. But weird, I, but it works. It, yeah, it like kind of does. Fits. SMU, I always thought, you know, they have the tradition, despite mm-hmm. the fact they've kind of been middle of the pack for the past few years in just about every sport. We'll blame the death penalty for that one. Okay, I don't know. Wait, where what? That, yeah, I don't know where that's coming from. Oh, but the, the that went over me. Is a NCAA ruling that they paid players back in? It was either the '80s or the '90s. And they came out and said you have like it's twenty five years of restrictions on scholarships. Oh on, wow, yeah, there we go. But hey, look at Joey funding. Football over here with the knowledge. What, what, I like it. What do you think they call me, Joey Football? For there you go. This is what I do. Joey Football. Joey Sports. <laughs> Joey Sports. Yeah. What? What? Yeah, SMU looking yeah. at the Pac toward the Pac twelve looking at SMU. I always thought once Houston, UCF. And um, Cincinnati dipped. I thought SMU and Memphis were the next two up. Memphis is tough to who's taking Memphis. Oh, well, problem their basketball the the basketball program has a lot of value. I think. Well, yeah, it was supposed to, and then where's Imani Bates now? Yeah, well, it's. I think it's still got a lot. Yeah, of value. anytime Memphis, Penny Hardaway is your head coach, despite the fact they've never won a championship. Um, yeah. It's still got a. It's 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 true. It's very much submitted and, and buried then, in tradition. Yeah, with yeah. Derrick Rose being not an alumni but a former player in Calipari when yeah. they were at Memphis. Penny as yeah. well. I mean, they've Penny. they've had big guys come through. They're consistently pretty good. Um, they have great turnouts for attendance. So. Play in an NBA arena. Memphis is a valuable college basketball commodity, and I think their football win rolling has been proven to be. Uh, very, very um, appealing. Yeah, give, giving us Tony Pollard and, and those kind of players, too. And they've just kind well, they're of a running back up. factory. Yeah, they are a running back factory. Absolutely. So uh, we, we can think of uh, who's the guy that plays for the Redskins. <laughs> Nonetheless, D'Angelo Williams is another one. The Commanders. Yeah, the yeah, Commanders, the I'm commanders. sorry. Hey, no, this is Redskin country. Red, yeah, we're the Redskins still. <laughs> HTTR. Yeah. I liked your idea to call them the Wild Hogs. The, the Wild Hogs. I thought that was a great, great idea. Yeah. They, they're halfway there with that mascot. The, yeah, yeah I saw that, the new mascot. Might as well just Take call them. with a general helmet. Look, they can always rebrand. They know people don't like it. They know it's been a huge misstep. I they think can they're the just, Wild Hogs. I think they're just like taking a knee and running out the clock until Snyder gets removed, and I, then I, they're going to redo it. They had a new proposal for a stadium that was a little over 50,000 capacity, which is terrible. I think the where uh, the D.C. Defenders played, that soccer stadium held 50,000 when yeah. they played in the XFL. Hey, man, a small stadium that's like packed. Small stadium that's packed looks a lot better than a big stadium that ain't packed. Yeah, but the issue here, Chris, is the small stadium won't be packed. Yeah, it won't. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Who's going to watch no, I got, Yeah, stadium? I got you. How the mighty have fallen. I mean, they used to wait years to be able to get tickets to a, um, a Redskins game. Oh, yeah, my dad's a huge fan. Game, yeah. You used to have to wait years for season tickets. And I now believe it's, it's the rivalries, can't even, the 90s. Can't even get rid of them for free. <laughs> I mean, sewage is, like, dropping on these people during games. Th- that was a Shane wild Lewis video. almost had his career taken by a falling um That was another whale. wild that video. That was another wild video. Yeah, this is... They had to bring their own benches. Oh, turmoil, man. At this yeah. point, just... There's turmoil. FBI's the involved. There's so much we could do with that. Move the team to London. Don't give Goodell an idea. Um, He's exploring that, they said. They're exploring uh, four new franchises in, in Berlin... Dublin, London, and there was one other uh, city. 
Uh, I think that's a terrible idea. Because they want to expand to a division in Europe, and then they just figure out how to play it with double uh, buys. Well, they, well, they get good crowds in London. That's such a dumb yeah, they, idea. They sell they out they yeah, oh, yeah. There, there are wait lists to get tickets there, and then the game in Berlin this year was a huge, huge thing. And then Dublin is a, a massive fan base in huge Ireland. Huge misstep. Huge misstep. Got to get with the times, brother. Start times will be weird. TV times will be weird. I mean, we already have 11 a.m. kickoffs. Players are going to hate it. Country. Players are going to hate it. Yeah, the, no, I, that's a good point. They'll hate all the travel. Yeah, yeah. It's, but, I mean, they travel a lot already. Yeah, but nine hours is a hell of a lot different from a five-hour red eye. And we've yeah. seen football leagues that they've tried to start over there. Yeah, that NFL not, Europe failed in yeah, 2005. Yeah, they have not fared very well. I forgot well. that was even a thing, to be honest. <laughs> I all think right. Adele did, too. We just got word that College Hoops writer, um, he also covers the PGA Tour, Brian Moe, would join us here in the next segment. So oh, let's hey, take a there short you go. Time let's out go. Here, talking some college basketball. Plenty what? to get into with college basketball. What? Plenty to get into with college basketball. You know, the NBA's got a lot going on. College basketball might give the NBA a run for its money when it comes to the trade deadline news. So, Brian Moe is going to break it all down for us coming up. East U Tulane this weekend, a little preview of that. Memphis. Is Memphis potentially going to be in the NCAA tournament? People are talking. All that and much more on the other side right here on the Patrick Johnson Show with Brian Mole. Get the latest on the East Carolina Pirates each day on the Patrick Johnson Show with our daily pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. Starting off with our news flash update, ECU women's basketball topped Temple 67-52 last night in conference play. They are now third in the American Conference after the big win. ECU softball won their opening day matchup 6-0 after beating Purdue Fort Wayne. They play number 11 Virginia Tech at 5 p.m. tonight. Next up, U Darvish signed a six-year extension worth $108 million with the Padres. And moving on to some NBA news, KD and TJ Warren are dealt to the Suns in exchange for four first-round picks and Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, and Cam Johnson. Westbrook is shipped out of L.A. to the Jazz in a three-team trade, including D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Lakers sent 2027 first-rounder to the Jazz and a second round to Minnesota. Mike Conley goes to Minnesota along with Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Moving on to the NFL, Brock Purdy is said to have elbow surgery on February 2nd after suffering an injury in the NFC Championship. And finally, the Raiders have given quarterback Derek Carr permission to visit with the Saints after speculation that Carr would move on from the team. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. This 94.3 The Game Sports Update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting Pirate student-athletes. For more info on how to donate, visit teamboneyard.org. Uh, and now let's throw it back to Ben Byron, who is standing by with Brian Mole. Welcome back to the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben B. Baby Barn filling in for the P-Man, Chris Cook on the ones and twos. And we're joined by Joe Sampson, former ECU Pirate tight end, and Dominic Consolke. Special thanks to those guys for their help today. I am joined by a very special guest now and college hoops writer. He also covers the PGA Tour and a friend of the show, Brian Mole. Brian, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, Ben. It is good to good to catch up. Absolutely, absolutely. There's a lot happening in college basketball. Uh, NBA, step aside, because college basketball is also giving them a run for their money right now uh, with the trade deadline and whatnot. Um, I know you work a little bit with Lenardi's bracketology team a little bit, and um, I'm very interested when it comes to those projections, especially when it comes to the American, because um, it's looking like it may be a two-bid league. Most years it's a one-bid league, and it's usually Houston. But Memphis has been on the bubble 
and it seems like they're on the bubble every year and kind of fizzle out. What's different about this year? What are you seeing? What's the appeal to Memphis so far on the bubble and bracketology this year? Well, I think what Memphis has going for them is uh, the quality wins over the SEC and specifically uh, Texas A&M and then uh, mm-hmm. a neutral win over Auburn. You know, and those are those are going to hold up. Those will look good until Selection Sunday. And then when you yep. look at a three-point loss on, on the road to Alabama, yeah, that's obviously a very good loss in the committee's eyes and, and certainly really no ugly results in the non-conference um, as they've gotten into the conference, you know, uh, kind of have gone along as expected. I, I think would have preferred to split with Tulane. Would probably feel a little bit better if they hadn't lost both of those games. But a big, a big few, uh, final weeks coming up for for Memphis here as far as its tournament chances. And keeping it within the American, um, you know, we've seen this before with Memphis, where you know they're very highly touted throughout the year. People have a lot of promise for them. They tend to fizzle out towards the end of the year, and they make a really good run in the NIT. Um, if that is the case, is there any other team, maybe if they make a run the AAC tournament or maybe they make a really good run towards the end of the year here, that can slip in and take Memphis's spot in your eyes, or you think it's Memphis or bust? Um, as far as an at-large, certainly Memphis has the best opportunity. And let's not forget, they have two chances against Houston. It would be great if yep. they could steal one of those Somehow, those would certainly uh, bolster their uh, opportunities. Uh, I look at this Tulane team, and while, yes, they have a very ugly loss at Tulsa and did not play the most difficult non-conference schedule, those are two things the committee is going to frown on. Yep. They they are the type of team with that kind of interesting matchup zone that they play and with the amount of three-point shooting they have and, and terrific guard play. If their guards get hot, it, it would not surprise me if they made a run through the tournament. Uh, Ron Hunter is one of the most underappreciated, underrated coaches in the country. He has won at uh, places that are difficult to win, all three stops, and the turnaround he's uh, – you know, implemented here at Tulane in, in just a short time is nothing uh, nothing short of remarkable, really, to be honest with you. Absolutely. It doesn't seem like Tulane is a, a easy place to kind of turn around or recruit or make a great program. I look at Tulane, they have great guard play. That tends to fare well in the NCAA tournament. If by some miracle, we're not really a miracle, but if some off chance they do make the tournament, I could see them faring well. They got the star power and Cross, Forbes, and Cook. And they have the coach, like you said, and Ron Hunter is probably one of the more underrated coaches in all of college basketball right now. So Tulane is definitely very intriguing to me. I'm interested to see how they do moving forward in the coming years. Speaking of Tulane, Pirates play them on Saturday in New Orleans. Kind of what is the verdict on Tulane so far? Pirates have a kind of a new look kind of uh, team looking right now with Javon Small out. Jaden Walker's run the point. Has done well at the point so far. Brandon Johnson's starting to heat up again. So is Ezra Ozar. Uh, Pirates and Tulane, what's your verdict on that matchup? Give us kind of a preview of what to expect in that game. Yeah, when you play Tulane, you have to make shots. Um, they're going to pressure you, try to turn you over. And then in their zone, um, you're going to have to attack it, get the ball inside, and then pop it back outside and knock some shots down to, to loosen up that zone a little bit. And ECU has been an inconsistent shooting team away from home. I think uh, certainly uh, have plenty of guys who are capable, yeah. but without their point guard, you know, just maybe not 
generating the quality of shots that they were earlier in the season. I mean, it's going to be a very difficult test, a game where Tulane's probably going to be favored by 12 or 13 points. And like I said, they're, they're riding high. They have remarkably played four overtime games in their last five games. So uh, maybe some consideration there of uh, they do have kind of a short bench. You know, they could be hitting a little bit of February fatigue as we see across college basketball. It's a tall task for the Pirates. Again, they're going to have to uh, hold on to the basketball, not give uh, Tulane any easy points, and then knock down some shots to to have a chance in this one. I completely agree. Shifting over to the ACC and look, taking a look at teams from the state at large, uh, one of the big stories from the state out of the ACC is the struggling uh, UNC squad over in Chapel Hill right now. Lost to Wake Forest in a game I thought was a must-win in order to get an at-large bid. Obviously, they can make a run in the tournament and win it all and get that automatic bid, but that seems highly unlikely. Do you think at, that, at this point that Wake Forest game was a must-win? And kind of the idea that UNC is going to earn an at-large bid is kind of out the window at this point? No, I think they still have some opportunities. But, boy, that effort Tuesday night in Winston-Salem coming off a very mediocre performance in Durham a few nights earlier was just not what you would expect whatsoever. I agree. Uh, It led to a a 40-minute locker room meeting after the game, according to media who were on site. Armando Baycott basically calling out or challenging his teammates, saying if you if you want to quit, don't show up on Thursday. Uh, if you want to play, I'm going to keep playing, and uh, I want people around me who have that same uh, passion and effort and energy. And uh, Hubert said, you know, that was the problem, just no intensity on the defensive end. So now they're in a situation with back-to-back home games against Clemson and Miami. I think they have to go 2-0 Saturday and Monday in these two games, build a little bit of momentum, have an opportunity going into a game the following weekend and rally against NC State. That would be a quality win on the road. So there's some opportunities. They have Virginia coming to Chapel Hill and, of course, Duke a little bit later this month, who's no sure thing to be in the tournament themselves, but um, is is in a little better situation. So, you know, Carolina has an opportunity to turn it it around. I just think that this this was never a number one team in the country. This was a team whose uh, standing was inflated in the eyes of a lot of people because they got hot for six weeks at the end of last year. But people forget they were were not ranked in the final poll last year and uh, most likely won't be ranked in the final poll this year heading into the postseason. You mentioned Duke there earlier and how their uh, tournament bid is kind of in doubt a little bit. It's, It's to be determined. When you look at this big game they have upcoming against Virginia, which I think is going to be a fun game this weekend on Saturday, is this a must-win for Duke, or do you think it's not that serious at this point? Maybe a little bit later on in their later games, those are more so way more important. Yeah, this would be a nice one to have. This is not one that they have to win, but this would sure be one that carries a lot of weight with the way that Virginia is playing and looking like with Tony Bennett doing another terrific job like he does up there every year, the inside track to win the regular season in the ACC, potentially threatened for a top two seed uh, in the NCAA tournament. So if you could knock off a team like that on the road, certainly a strong quad one win would uh, carry a lot of weight on Selection Sunday and take a little bit of pressure off the Blue Devils. If not, uh, a few games in which Duke will be pretty comfortably favored after that and then a difficult stretch at the end with Virginia Tech, NC State, and a trip to Chapel Hill. So not a ton of opportunity, just the nature of the ACC this year with a lot of kind of mediocre teams that are hanging around the bubble 
there's just not that many opportunities for quality wins like we've become accustomed to. So uh, Duke has not been very good on the road. Losses already this season yep. at Wake Forest, at NC State, at Clemson, at Virginia Tech, at Miami. Just the uh, two two road wins Quite a list. Um, against two of the bottom feeders. So you know, it's uh, they, they need to they need to prove they can win away from Durham for sure. We were short on time with Brian Moe. We appreciate him coming on. Uh, in the meantime, we got to wrap it up here for here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Special thanks to Chris Cook, even though he's been clowning me all day. Um, special thanks to Dominic Kosolke for production assistance. And special thanks to Joe Sampson, the man over here, part football legend. Woo and eyes. what? We still have a little bit of time here uh, to wrap it up. Get, get rid of it, Chris. Damn. Thank you. Sorry, we're breaking the fourth wall here. I'm gone. Um, but, yeah, just some uh, quick notes. We'll get a little bit more into that MLB expansion tomorrow. I'll be filming for Patrick Johnson live at 5. Are we uh, back? Some, we'll be back, yes. MLB expansion talk. We'll be joined by hey. um, Fox Phillies, the Gamblers, uh, Sean Brace, talking all the uh, Super Bowl prop bets. The Gamblers. And, yeah, the Gamblers. They have a station called the Gambler out there. we got to get hired. And we'll probably talk about a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter like we do every day too absolutely yeah i yeah. think that's the charm of the show and we'll what's pre- your favorite color joe we'll preview the super bowl purple. lilac i don't know what that is but okay it's purple and gold purple. maybe purple and gold that's going to do it for us here on the patrick johnson show stay safe have a good one and tune in tomorrow live at five